When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell to talk about South Carolina's upset win over Tennessee on Saturday night. Wes, all in all, just a team win for South Carolina. There are a lot of individual performances that we're going to talk about today, but it really was a true team win, and the fans chipped in as well. Wes, great atmosphere at Williams-Brice Saturday night, and what a lot of people are calling a signature win for Will Muschamp in his first year at South Carolina. Yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. I think the... Uh Maybe the first marquee win of the uh, Muschamp era. I think, uh, I don't know, man. In a lot of ways, I feel like the Will Muschamp era uh, began on Saturday night. You know, this uh, th- these guys have shown they can they can recruit. Um, you know, and and I think you know we we've tried at least on the site and here on uh, you know the podcast to to sort of keep it real. The expectations sort of are what they are at this time. Um, you know, I, I don't think you could fault this staff, you know, if Carolina just won, you know, four or five games this year. But, you know, I, I think, you know, even if they didn't have that big upset. But now, um, to do what they did Saturday, to get a big upset win over Tennessee, they were two touchdown underdogs. To, you know, that that this win is big on about 100 different levels because, you know, a, it, it gets you in position to go bowling, potentially. Uh, B, you had a bunch of recruits on campus. C, even the guys, even the recruits that weren't there, um, a win like that shows progress from a program. And, you know, not only do they see that, but they see all these true freshmen playing. They see uh, a quarterback. If you're a skill guy, you see a quarterback in Jake Bentley who can get the football to you. So, you know, I, I think – on so many levels, we uh, we've all often termed this season uh, year zero, um, but I think on so many different levels, I feel like the Muschamp era finally, uh, be- you know, I think it truly began on on Saturday, and uh, you know, I- I'm sure we'll we'll hit it all week long, but I think Muschamp and this staff and this team now has their toughest test of the entire season this week because Missouri may not be a good team, but we all know college football and we all know the ebbs and flows of a season in college football. And we all know all these young players are going to be in class all week long hearing how great they are all of a sudden. So to me, the toughest test for this staff and this team of the entire football season is this week 
bring the same intensity to Williams-Brice Stadium Saturday against Missouri as they brought this past week against Tennessee because this is the game that puts them in position to go bowling. They've, they needed to steal it from Tennessee to get in the position. But if they do this, beat Missouri, all they have to do is beat Western uh, Carolina, and they, and they are going bowling in year one. So uh, this, you know, I can't stress it enough to the fan base. <laughs> Missouri's not going to just show up and lose, man. I mean, this this is going to be a tough test for South Carolina at Williams-Brice Stadium this week. No doubt it will be. Four o'clock kickoff this Saturday. South Carolina hosting Missouri. Missouri got whipped by Kentucky this weekend, and they fell to Middle Tennessee last weekend. So they are struggling coming into Columbia, but it will be another tough SEC battle. And no question that you know Missouri should be amply motivated for this ball game. They're trying to get their season turned around. So you make an interesting point, Wes. A real challenge for the Gamecocks, even though on paper you know Missouri doesn't look real good right now. Certainly they're not playing well coming into this game, but a real challenge for the Gamecocks in that uh, they're going to have to get the emotion level back up for Missouri, and it may be hard to do that. You know, Certainly this is potentially a, a possible letdown game, and you know, the Gamecocks don't want to let what they accomplished against Tennessee get away from them in this game against Missouri. You have to beat Missouri to validate the win over Tennessee, and if you get the win over Missouri, you get to five wins, and a bowl trip looks like a real possibility. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, th- this win is, is such a is big, like I said, on multiple levels. And, you know, you look at Tennessee, the fact this is the team that uh, many thought was going to be the SEC East champion. And and even though they've lost a couple of games leading into this past weekend, they were still very much in position to be the SEC East champion. And they have absolutely imploded, it seems like. You've got a lot of rumors come out of Knoxville. We'll find out in the next, you know, maybe 24 hours how many of them are true. But, a lot of rumors about guys potentially leaving. And, you know, Tennessee and South Carolina, interestingly enough, have sort of knocked heads on the recruiting trail in this uh, in this class as well. So, you know, you look at a an SEC East school that South Carolina is going to battle with um, on a year-to-year basis and that ultimately you, you're sort of battling for status in the East. And to, to me – if you're going to sort of build a program and accelerate the building of a program and get big-time players, you need a a sort of marquee signature win or two that nobody expects. So this did that for them. This sort of evens out the Kentucky loss, which Kentucky – what is Kentucky now, 4-2 and two in the SEC? I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're, their record is much better than – than uh, we expected, but I think South Carolina could have beaten Kentucky. That was very clear to me. So this sort of evens that out. And there was a little bit of, uh, I don't know, call it uh, karmic justice or poetic justice to South Carolina sort of uh, ruining Tennessee's East championship chances. I mean, you look, uh, I was thinking the last four years, Emerson, 2012, uh, that's four years ago, almost to the day, uh, is when you had the Lattimore injury. South Carolina won that game, but obviously uh, devastating uh, for the program and for Marcus Lattimore on that day. 2013, uh, very similar to this year, but the roles reversed. South Carolina goes to Knoxville. Pro- South Carolina probably has the best team in the East that year and loses to Tennessee on the last second field goal. 2014, 
uh, is when we were really starting to see the slide of the Steve Spurrier era at South Carolina. South Carolina's up 14 late, finds a way to lose the game. Even came down to a 50-plus yard field goal from Elliott Fry uh, trying to tie the game, which obviously is the same thing that Tennessee had at the end of this game. And then, of course, last year, South Carolina was driving to win late in the game, and uh, Drell Adams fumbled. So uh, there was a little – it was it just sort of made sense uh, for South Carolina. It, it, there, it, was just, it just sort of worked for South Carolina to be the ones to, to knock off Tennessee and, and ruin their chances. There's so many different sort of ways that South Carolina, I think, owed Tennessee one. Yeah, let's look back on this Tennessee win for South Carolina Saturday night, 24-21 the final. And, Wes, I'd like to start with the defense – Ulrich Jones led the team in tackles. Jamarcus King had a huge game with two more interceptions. And the Gamecock defense did a really good job on Tennessee quarterback Josh Dobbs, who had had a field day against the Gamecocks the last two meetings. Dobbs completed less than 50% of his passes. He was 12 of 26 for just 161 yards. Had one touchdown. He was sacked twice and threw the two picks. King had both interceptions for the Gamecock defense. And, you know, Carolina did a good job against the Tennessee ground game as well. Heard the top rusher for Tennessee coming into the ball game. Eight carries for just 16 yards. And Tennessee averaged 3.7 yards per carry on 37 totes in this ball game. Best effort of the season by the Gamecock defense, Wes. Yeah, I mean, they... Uh... You, what more can we say about the way this defense just sort of battles and hangs in there and fights? Um, and they're not—they're certainly not deep uh, by any means. Um, and that depth got tested even more by the Chris Lamont's uh, ejection. Uh, then, of course, um, DJ Smith is kicked out of the game as well for you know a targeting call. I, I mean, the, just the the way this defense just sort of battles. I mean, and they're not even as a group um, – trying to think of how to, the way to say this because it sounds like an insult, but when you look at the way they're playing, it's, it's really not they're, – they're, they're not as naturally talented, you know, as a lot of SEC defenses out there. But right now, they are playing smart. They're playing above their heads. They're playing confidently, and I think uh, confidence – and I'm not talking about false confidence. Anybody can show false confidence, but true confidence goes a long way for a team. And this this group, this defense, just looks so confident out there to me. So I'm, uh, you know, I, I think you just you have to be happy for this group of kids because they have been so beat up the last couple of years, and rightfully so. They've not played well, but they've been so beat up. Now you see the new staff comes in. Third scheme in three seasons. That can't be easy to learn. Uh, but but they're just gradually, consistently getting better. Uh, they fight for every yard, and or they fight, you know, they make, they make an opponent fight for every yard, I should say. And then you got this kid, Jamarcus King, man. I mean, <laughs> the way he has played as the year has gone on, um, has just been incredible. And I, I, I mean, I think he's absolutely making a case to be all SEC at this point if he can keep keep this up because, to me, he he is a big reason why this defense has improved the way that it has. And, and they're out there playing 
I mean, this secondary is playing without a net, man. They have no depth at all. These kids are playing pretty much the entire game. I think it speaks to the strength and conditioning program that they're able to hang in there. And uh, and, and you know what? I think we need to throw a game ball at a, at a guy who doesn't get mentioned often is uh, Stephen Montak. You know, this is a kid that came in late to the class. He was a late addition. You know, he got here like when fall camp was starting. Didn't get to go through the summer. And he, uh, you know, uh, to give a shout-out to uh, – uh, to Beckham, one of our uh, moderators, a uh, friend of mine, uh, you know, Michael said that, you know, Montauk has basically been the Swiss Army knife of the secondary. Uh, and I think that's a great way to put it. You know, this kid just came in. He has played some cornerback, some nickelback, and some safety. And it's just been out of the fact that he's absolutely had to. And he's he's held his own. He had a, a pass breakup. He had a nice tackle um, on the perimeter on a sweep from Tennessee. So these guys, I, I think, just are – They've bought in to Travaris Robinson and Will Muschamp's style of defense. And, you know, when South Carolina is good, uh, they're generally pretty darn good on defense. So, that, to me, this this looks like a typical uh, what you expect from a South Carolina defense. All right, King had two more interceptions to run his season total to three. He and Chris Lamonts lead the Gamecocks with three picks. Gamecock defense now has ten interceptions this year, and Lamonts and King – currently in the top five, actually tied for third in the SEC with those three picks each. So King had a huge game. Uh, Wes, we're going to talk more about defensive back problems for the Gamecocks. Lamont's ejected for fighting. As you mentioned, he will have to sit out the Missouri game this weekend. And D.J. Smith ejected for targeting, a very questionable targeting call that will force him to sit out the first half of the Missouri game on Saturday. So a Gamecock defensive back's already thin. You know, coming into the season are going to be a lot thinner for Missouri Saturday. Yeah, yeah, you know, they will be. And um, that's... You know that's just the hand they've been dealt at this point. But like I said, man, you just you have to give them credit. They keep battling, they keep fighting, and um, I, I don't I don't know as far as that targeting call is. I I don't know what DJ Smith is supposed to do because um, he, <laughs> I mean he to me he took the brunt of the force he on did. that play. So yeah, he, he pulled up, Wes. Yeah, I I don't know what he's supposed to do. So, and I, I get I get why that call is in place. We all know it's because of player safety. But uh, what what is he supposed to do? I I don't know. So that one, and now he has to miss. I mean, you have these replays in place to try to make sure you that they're they're fixed. But uh, I mean, I I don't I don't know I don't know I just don't know what he's supposed to do. <laughs> Yeah, tough hand for the Gamecocks going into the Missouri game. Maybe Stephen Montauk plays an even bigger role for the Gamecocks secondary this week. We'll talk more about that as we move through the week and get ready for Missouri. But, Wes, I want to go back to the Tennessee win here, and let's talk about the offense a little bit. You know, one of the things that stood out for me was the poise of Jake Bentley, the freshman quarterback, making just a second start, first ever start against an SEC opponent, facing a fierce pass rush. Wes, he was sacked six times. He suffered four additional quarterback hits. Tennessee brought pressure. They wanted to get to him. They wanted to try to rattle him early, and Bentley withstood it all, completed 15 of 20 passes, 75% on the day for 167 yards and two touchdowns, and the pass protection was not good, West, but Bentley stood in there, took his licks, and made plays when he had to. Yeah, absolutely, and I think, uh, you know, in some of those pass protection issues, you know, Muschamp said were not necessarily on the offensive line. Some of it is scheme. Some of it is you have to – Maybe get out of a get out of a certain play and into a different one, or make a check at the line. Um, 
And, you know, I think sometimes Bentley, maybe he's going to have to get out of there a little bit quicker or step up a little bit quicker. But, um, golly, man, the, the poise of this kid to be a to be a freshman uh, is just off the charts. And, you know, I, I think his ability to to operate with defenders around him um, and still keep his eyes downfield and make big throws, even though there, there's guys, you know, at his feet and guys rolling him up. Um, and then his ability to, to then put the ball in places, even when his guy is covered, he seems to just find a spot where it's more towards the receiver and away from the defender where only his guy can make a play on the ball. That just the I mean, I, I'm almost sometimes speechless at some of the things he can do. And you can tell you can tell he's been coached from such a young age, obviously being Bobby Bentley's son. Uh, just his his development as a true freshman is, is something to behold. So, I, you know, his a passing his passing ability is off the charts, and you know, I try. I've, I mean, I've I've said I've I've tried not to just overhype this guy because um, it's so easy to do so. But I mean, as far as I mean, I've been watching and covering South Carolina football for a long time. But the I mean, there has there's never been a freshman in my lifetime that is as far along as a passer as Jake Bentley is. So, you know, and that just that makes you wonder what what is he capable of after he gets more time under his belt, his receivers get more time on the field with him, Rico Daddle steadily improving, um, and if the line can steadily get better as well, I mean, it just makes you wonder what Jake Bentley could possibly do um, during his time at South Carolina. And I, you know what, I think – Bentley has been so poised and impressive. He's pretty much almost overshadowed the fact that Rico Daddle is quickly becoming just an absolute threat in the running game as well. No question. Dowdle, 27 carries for 128 yards. A short touchdown run in the game against Tennessee. 4.7 yards a carry for Rico Dowdle, the freshman from Asheville. So the Gamecocks, basically, Wes, you know, South Carolina is now 2-0 with Bentley as the starting quarterback. And we've talked about it extensively. You know, just two weeks ago, we were talking about the fact that South Carolina was dead last in the country in scoring offense at 14 points a game. And the Gamecocks have basically doubled their offensive average, their scoring average in the two games that Bentley has started. Carolina averaging about you know, 27 points a ball game right now in the two games that Bentley has started. So a noticeable improvement offensively. Rico Dowdle's been a big part of that. A.J. Turner had seven carries in the win over Tennessee on Saturday. David Williams had three carries. And, you know, one thing you notice as well, Wes, something else we talked about a couple weeks ago is that the Gamecocks in the first half of the season had difficulty getting the ball to Debo Samuel and Brian Edwards on the outside consistently. Now, both of those two missed some time due to injury in the first half of the year. But now that both players are healthy and Jake Bentley's in there at quarterback, we're seeing the Gamecocks get a lot more productivity from the wide receiver position. Samuel caught eight balls in the win over Tennessee. That's two weeks in a row with eight receptions for Debo Samuel. And Brian Edwards had four for 41, including a 17-yard TD. So a lot of areas of improvement offensively for South Carolina. All of them were evident Saturday night. Yeah, I thought... um... You know, for one, when you get the ball to those guys and give them a shot, they're starting to prove, starting to prove to everyone that they can go make plays on the ball. Uh, you know, and two, I think one of the things that that brings to my mind is, I think one of our sort of maybe questions about the the Muschamp 
error was his game management when you look back at Florida. And I, I thought something we've not maybe talked about uh, on the board, you know, since the Tennessee win is that I thought Muschamp managed that game um, perfectly. And, you know, you, you talk about uh, some some teams on a third down situation late in a game, you know, will choose to basically just run the clock again and force a team to, to burn their time out and then basically concede and punt the ball back, whereas other teams are more aggressive and decide to throw there. Uh, but, you know, you would think with the conservative sort of, uh, you know, label that comes with Muschamp because of his time at Florida, uh, that South Carolina would, would have maybe gone that direction. But instead, they, they threw it. It was the right call, absolutely. They they trusted their freshman quarterback and trusted their players, and he stood in there and delivered a strike. So, you know, I, I thought that was one of the key decisions of the game, one of the key plays as well. And, you know, they they have – they are – they're still – a bit conservative with this offense at times uh, out of necessity, I think. But when they really had to, I thought going forward on fourth down on the first drive of the game was the absolute right call. I saw some people were a little upset that they didn't, um, for, first of all, that they didn't you know, try to score at the end of the first half. And first of all, we had people throwing Roper under the bus for play calling there. And, I mean... Before you get online and start just completely crushing the the staff, you got to realize that's not the offensive co- the offensive coordinator doesn't make the decision just because he's the play caller. The head coach makes the decision at the end of a half if you're going to try to score, or you, there's pretty much three decisions. One is let's run a conservative play, and if we get something on first down, you decide to to go you know, to try to score. Two is just to try to score off the bat and be very aggressive. And three is just to run the run the clock out. So, you know, and I thought with South Carolina up, not really great field position, freshman quarterback, they said, you know what, we don't need to screw this up. And I think I could make an argument for both sides. But, you know, that that's the head coach's call. So, you know, that was a 50-50 deal. But I, I thought all the other decisions he made – proved to be the right decisions and, and that's that's a great sign to me that's a great sign for South Carolina's future under Will Muschamp all right Jonathan Walton returned from injury played well for the Gamecock defense he had a sack and two tackles for loss Darius English had a half a sack in this win over Tennessee Saturday night English now has seven sacks on the year and that's tied for third in the SEC right now so Darius English kind of quietly having a very solid year for the Gamecock defense and a lot of positives coming out of this game West but the main thing now is to turn the attention to Missouri on Saturday, got to get the emotion level back up and get ready to try to win a game at home. It'll be the fifth and final home game of this five-game homestand for the Gamecocks. And, Wes, it's amazing how quickly things can turn around. You know, two wins now the last two weeks, and the Gamecocks are thinking about a bowl trip at the end of the year. Yeah, and uh, like I said, man, I mean, we'll have, we'll have Missouri coverage all week long, but this is the toughest test of the year right now. I firmly believe that. Um, you know, I, I think – uh, Missouri opened what as maybe a, a five point underdog. Um, is that have you have you seen the lines yet? Yeah, it opened. Carolina was a one and a half point favorite when it opened, and the oh. line shot to five uh, yesterday. So a lot of action on the Gamecocks very early in the week. Whatever that's worth. Yeah, and I, I've heard uh, some places it's up to six and a half now, hmm. um, <laughs> which means 
uh, I, I don't know. That, I don't know what that means. That means a lot of people are all of a sudden – people seem to be suckers for the moment, I guess. Uh, a lot of people are buying in uh, to that South Carolina win. I, I think this – I think this is another battle for the Gamecocks, and we, you know, we've seen this program historically, you know, even after the huge win over Alabama uh, in 2010, turn right back around and lose at Kentucky the next week. Uh, luckily for South Carolina, this one is at home, but this this is going to be another close game. Uh, now I will say, and like I said, we'll get into Missouri more later on in the week. They have some big numbers statistically, but a lot of their numbers have been against. They're out-of-conference opponents. Their numbers against SEC, offensive output against SEC, has been has been very, very low compared to their out-of-conference stuff. They, I mean, they scored like 70 points on the team out-of-conference, uh, put up huge numbers, and it kind of skews their, uh, their average. So tough game for South Carolina, I think. Obviously, they're favored. It's at home. You would think they could win the game, but I, I think another close game this week. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with South Carolina and Missouri. The Gamecocks appear to have all the momentum coming into this game. Missouri has none because they've lost their last two games, but still plenty of incentive for Missouri to bring their best effort on Saturday. we got a 4 o'clock kickoff at Williams-Brice. Wes, a lot of excitement around Gamecock football right now. It's amazing how quickly things can turn in just a couple of weeks. You know, it just makes a huge difference when you got a playmaker back there under center, and the Gamecocks feel like they've got that right now. With Jake Bentley, so Carolina's 4-4. Four and four. The Gamecocks have won two in a row, and it will be Missouri Saturday at four absolutely man i guess we'll uh we'll do this again tomorrow huh all right yeah looking forward to it will Muschamp's uh pre-missouri press conference coming up on tuesday and we'll have full coverage of that for you right here on gamecock central radio for west mitchell i'm emerson phillips thanks for joining us with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.